0: So welcome everybody to another episode of Jedi Order Podcast. We're doing this slightly differently this time just because in the introduction um, I've got Artif here with me and we're just going to talk about briefly about the passing of the legendary David, I'm going to call him Sir David Prowse because I'm surprised, you know, I, I think someone like that probably deserves a knighthood with the way, way they get given out these days because he, <laughs> he did a lot didn't he, in, I think, before his Star Wars role in health and safety and road safety for children across the whole entire country and was his, like, big figurehead for that, and then became probably one of the most iconic uh, characters in cinema history and his legacy just lived on as one of the best physical performers in film, especially over the course of mid 60s to kind of mid 80s very much so
1: yeah you're absolutely right i mean he you know everyone knows him best as the body of darth vader but um it's uh actually quite amazing you know to see him in how many kind of films that you didn't realize he was in like i mean one of kind of my favorites from kind of a while back is the clockwork orange and Actually, yeah, I never realized that he was the bodybuilder who kind of is well the bodybuilder in that film who is with the uh the old man after he's been attacked and stuff and he's kind of his, his guardian there and I never realized that that was david Prowse. and uh so yeah i mean it's he's always been known for his stature in 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 many ways and you know in and that's kind of you know his his on screen presence is just always so formidable and noticeable that it's uh yeah i mean he really is a legend in terms of his uh size and general reputation really it's uh it's a shame to have lost him
0: And uh, i mean one thing not many people know and um i remember finding this out um, a while ago or so that he was one of the people that helped sculpt mr christopher reeve to play superman
2: so oh, wow. he actually I I helped train
0: Christopher Reeve to like change his body to be that of the body of Superman, you know, to be more of a physical presence on screen.
1: Yeah. I, I had no idea that he was, he had trained Christopher Reeve. I mean, that's uh, <laughs> again. Yeah. It just adds to the the legend that is, you know, David Prowse. I mean, that yeah, he, he kind of, Help sculpt Hollywood bodies for <laughs> um, for these iconic roles. So it's um, I, I was I think I was reading on Wikipedia earlier as well that he was uh, originally considered for Conan the Barbarian before Arnie got it as well, which would have been really fitting as well. Um, you know. It would
0: have been very fitting, and it's not it's not really su- surprising at all, is it?
1: No, um, and particularly you know at that you know when you think about it in terms of the era of Hollywood and obviously before CGI and, and, you know, real kind of graphic effects and, and makeup and, and costumes. I mean, you know, filmmakers really had to depend on, you know, <laughs> kind of natural phenomenon of, of humans, you know, um, and, you know, to have ones that could have the, the, the physique as well as the uh, acting ability and prowess. Uh, it, it, I mean, that really is a, I'm sure you know for so many film directors and makers that uh, it, it was a, a just a gift, really, for them to you know to have these sorts of uh, characters on set. And you know, when you see someone like um, like Krauss and and you know Arnie in, in these iconic film roles, it really is. Uh, it's amazing how these filmmakers have used them to like fill up the screen and 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 conduct their shots around them. I mean, <laughs> you know, I. Like, uh, I mean, everyone remembers the the, mo- the first moment they see Vader in A New Hope. I mean, if you've watched it in order, of course, you know. Um, but you know that that opening scene where he he walks onto the rebel ship and it's just—I <laughs> mean, it's iconic. You know, there's, there's really no other word for it. Um, and yeah, and you know, there really were very few actors who could have ever done you know that role in in that way um so yeah you know we're very lucky
0: it's quite interesting as well because i always remember um when seeing rogue one for the first time and obviously we get a few season a few seasons few scenes (laughs) with darth vader um but how the physical representation of darth vader a few things darth uh the way he moved and the way he held himself and especially moved his arms when using the force and stuff, it was all just mimicking David Prowse's portrayal of him in the original trilogy. And I thought that was quite interesting because that's a, it's a role based upon physicality. Obviously, the voice later being dubbed over by James L. Jones is a menacing voice, but it's the physicality of later is, is half of the portrayal of how much of a menacing villain he is.
1: Absolutely. And I mean it's I mean, just from the nature of his character and the fact that he does wear a mask, you know, he he was never gonna be I mean, even though and that's what's so kind of perfect about Vader is the the conciseness and the limitation of what he says. So, you know, the majority of his role is a physical role, you know. Um and and yeah, and the way he holds himself and walks and, you know, he's sort of Elegant, but also incredibly <laughs> uh, intimidating and, and powerful and commanding. And yeah, so it's, it, it's, it's, it must've been a, you know, such an interesting role. To, um, oh, he must've had so much fun portraying it, you know, walking around as just this ultimate <laughs> bad guy. It was, it's, oh, I mean, you yeah, know,
0: when, when I, he, what he could actually see and his, <laughs> his visors hadn't missed it up and he was having to be, um, like uh what was it like guided offset. i think he said on uh in a number of interviews by doing his scene and getting so hot and sweaty uh under the mask and then they like two people had to leave him lead him off because he couldn't see where he was going he must have taken out a few set pieces you know doing that <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah it's uh it's a shame it's always a shame to to lose someone as yeah, from from the Souls family, as iconic as that, and uh, and yeah, generally from film history as well.
0: Yeah, very much so. And uh, I think he is a member of the Order of the British Empire as well. He was also a three-time British weightlifting champion as well. And like we said before, the safety icon of being the Green Cross Code band, which, uh in the UK. So he's a man of many accomplishments and a man who. That's safe to say he lived a very impressive life and achieved a lot of things that not many people would come close to achieving. So what um, I thought would be fitting, guys, is we're going to just play a couple of audio clips here because one audio clip is going to be of David Prowse portraying Darth Vader Use it where you actually hear his voice in a couple of the iconic scenes of when he first comes on screen in A New Hope. And then the second audio clip is an interview that David Prouse did in the late 70s, early 80s era about his role then. And
2: action! Start tearing the ship apart piece by piece until you've found those tapes. Find the passengers of this vessel. I want them alive! I don't know what you're talking about. I'm a member of the Imperial Senate on a diplomatic- You mission. are part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. Take her away super baddie darth vader up to no good at all again <laughs> in the empire strikes back david yeah. prowse how did a west country boy get to be one of the nastiest men in the galaxy oh, it's amazing isn't it <clears throat> i actually I was, I was i was sat at home one day and i got a phone call from my agent saying can i go and see george lucas and i went up to the 20th century fox office and george said look I've got, i'm making this film which is sort of space fantasy and i've got two parts i'd like you to consider and i said well tell me what they are and he said well the first part's a part of a character called chewbacca I said, what in the hell is Chewbacca? And he said, it was like a furry-type gorilla that goes through the film on the side of the goodies. And I, thought, I turned my nose up, I thought, well, I don't fancy sort of, you know, three months in a, in a gorilla skin. I said, well, what's the other one? And he said, well, the other one's the big villain of the film. I said, say no more, George, I'll take it. <laughs> and he said, well, you would never regret this decision, and this is the result. Was he right? Have you ever regretted it? Because oh, no. Chewbacca's a very no. likable character. Yeah, Chewbacca's likable, but I think uh, Darth Vader is, uh, is, is much more an established character in the picture, and I think it's, uh, he's actually become Richard, the, the cult figure of the science fiction world. Yes, he has indeed. Yeah. I mean, do you get adopted by science fiction societies? Uh, not, not so much adopted, but uh, I now get requests to go and do all the science fiction conventions in America. I mean, I've got a you know whole tour lined up for the summer. And what do you do? You just sweep on and I, this okay, no, you No, know, I go on as myself because you see the, the, the big interest is to is to see who who's behind Darth Vader, and so I go on and I I really talk about my career and I because uh, I've been in the business. People don't realise I've been in the business for fifteen years. I've become an What were an you doing before the phone rang? Um, well, I, 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 I'm in the health business as well, and up until Star Wars, I really never ever thought of myself as an actor, although, as I said, i had been in the business, you know, since 1965. Um, i had done a whole succession of films and television commercials and and uh, TV series, you know, I was in all the major TV series, like Saint and Department S and Beverly Hillbillies, and as I said, I've done about 20, 20-odd films before Star Wars came along. I did, uh, you know, things like Clockwork Orange and At the Chastity Belt, At Pompeii, uh, Casino Royale. And, uh, of course, you're the Green uh, Cross man, aren't you? And the Green crossman man. That, that's, that's that. Well, I'm 6'6", and I wear about 19 stone. But the Green Cross Code and Darth Vader came at the same it's almost exactly the same period. In fact, the, uh, the Star Wars people gave me a week off uh, to go and film the Green Cross Code commercials and it's marvellous because the, uh, you know, Darth Vader has given the Green Cross Code man a it's lot of publicity. A yeah. double casting, yeah. it, is, isn't it? it is, it is, it is, yes. Because I'm the sort of the goody on one side and the baddie on the other and uh, at one time the, the d- Department of Transport nearly sacked me because they thought my image as Darth Vader would have a detrimental <laughs> effect on my image as the Green Cross Code man. It strikes me that wearing this mask <clears> you can't see a heck of a lot, can you? No, you have, a, you, you have terrible vision problems. Number one, they, they, they put darkened lenses in. Um, and, of course, because of the shape of the mask, you, you really can't see anything further than about sort of ten feet in front of you on the floor. So your vision really starts at about ten feet away, so you can't see steps and things in front of you. Um, my, my vision, most of my vision downwards, it com- comes out of this breathing hole just there, which is like a, like a goals uh, affair. And then on, when we were doing the big fight sequence at the end, where we had to have more vision, we actually made another mask with a, with a perspex bottom so that you could actually see better, you know, down below. But and we the only heat just is fairly it. intense, presumably. The heat it? is absolutely mm-hmm. fantastic because not only, um, you see, when they made the mask, first of all, they made the mask miles too big. And then when George asked me to turn right and left, I sort of turned right and left and the mask still stayed oh. facing forward. So they padded the whole of the inside of the mask out with foam rubber. And, of course, that made, it, made you perspire even more. And, and, and the least, least bit of exertion, uh, the eyepiece is missed up, and you have to stop everything and clean out the eyepieces and see where you're going. I said in the, in the big fight sequence at the end, you know, you'd, you'd walk through the set and then have to be led back <laughs> by, by three people. Yeah. The voice, of course, you don't provide. Mm-hmm. Do you find it frustrating as an actor not to not uh, to be performing vocally? Yes, terribly. I, I, actually, I performed all the way through the picture. Because um, I have to learn all the dialogue and the actors, you know, the other actors in the film have to react to me and things like this. But then they um, re-dub. Um, but then they read up. yeah. I think the, the problem was, as you obviously realize, I have a, a, a West Country accent. Oh, I would say that. <laughs> very, very slight, very slight. Um, and I don't think they could do Darth Vader with an English accent. That was the big problem. Uh-huh. I see you're wearing your trusty, what's it called, oh, lightsaber? That's the lightsaber, yeah. yeah. Is, that, is that the one you use in the movie? Um, that's not, no. That's not the one I use, but it's very, very, very similar. Um, in the first, the first ones that we used on the first film, um, they had a very fast revolving motor in, inside, it was almost like a double-handled torch, you know. And then, then they put this sort of carbon rod, uh, about four foot long, which was the actual um, lightsaber itself. And then they, re- they put reflective tape over the um over the rod and then as soon as you switched on the whole thing revolved very fast and looked as though it was pulsating on the one that we've just finished they, they, or the, on the original ones they were very very fragile you know that sir alec guinness himself were fighting merrily away and every time they clashed you know you'd pick up the bits off the floor and so you kept to, you know you kept on having to start and stop and start yeah, indeed and stop. you picked up the bits as well guinness off the picked the floor, up, didn't you? picked up sir alec guinness once off the floor as well yeah. david thank you very much thank you, you. nice talking to you
0: Okay, guys, so a slightly different one today. We are going to now, it's Jedi Order podcast. No, sorry, Je- I do not even know the name of my own podcast. Jesus <laughs> it's Christ Jedi Order, Star Wars, and Pop Culture Podcast. So, and I know we've talked about various different things before, so we're going to slightly mix it up today, and we are going to take a little deep dive into the new live action version of Mulan, which has debuted on Disney Plus for free. Obviously, it was released back in September where you could pay for it. But now it's available to everyone to watch over Christmas. So myself and Asif have watched this weekend. And I know the animation is one of your favorite Disney films of all time. Did you rewatch that as well before watching this one?
1: I uh, I did Ben I did uh, I did have a little Mulanathon as I've been calling it over the
0: last <laughs> Mulanathon.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I've been saving that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I um I watched yeah the animation the original animation on Thursday night. Um, I mean you know but I have I have seen it not that long ago as well. Um, so. But um, it's always such a pleasure to rewatch. I mean, I I just every I, I remember watching it as a you know, as a kid in the cinema, and even then it was so enjoyable. And I remember the cinema was packed, and I was there with my parents, my brother, and and everyone laughed and loved it. And you know, and even now, you know, rewatching the original, it's um, just so on point in so many ways. I mean, it's it's got such great characters, songs, the the writing is so good. It's so funny, you know. um... So many famous actors within it. Uh, it's just, and again, you know, like having that kind of, you know, Mulan as well, being like this sort of, uh, you know, female protagonist, but in an action kind of role. It it just makes it, you know, slightly unusual for these sorts of, you know, epic like tales. And I love it. You know, it, it, I mean, you know, the original is one of those top Disney films that really ticks so many boxes. And I mean, it was so successful at the time, and yeah, you know, most people I think have a fond memory of it. Um, for you know, whatever reason, really, from you know Eddie Murphy's jokes to you know the the epic songs. I mean, you know, what do we want? A girl worth fighting for. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it, 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 oh, oh, it's it's just I love singing along. I I, I love the. Eh. So many parts about it, it just can be lauded, and of course, like the animation of it as well, is just so unbelievably epic. Um Just the way it's it's directed and shot and, and drawn, and you know, it it's, it has those traditional Chinese elements, and you know, I kind of read up on the film as well, and they had sent their animators to China to like study Chinese art and, and architecture and general culture, and so you can see that that just permeates through the animation, the way it's created. And, you know, the music, you know, I've, I've said that the songs are amazing, um, but the soundtrack as well, is, it has these, you know, Far Eastern musical elements and it just makes it so authentic and, and, and real. And, and, yeah, it's just generally a very, very great film. Um, so, and then, you know, I mean, after watching the first one, I, I did watch most of the second one. Uh, not many people know that there's a Mulan 2 and it's probably better that (laughs) way because yeah yeah, I mean it's just um yeah you know it's such a shame (laughs) the fall from grace from the first one to the second one I mean the second one is just so just a sad kind of that was that was a
0: point though wasn't it that was a point in Disney when they were like they took a step back. I feel because Pixar had kind of taken over in terms of Disney's output to animation films that were coming to the cinema, and then they took a step back from you weren't getting. You had these big, big nineties animation films: Mulan, Aladdin. I think Little Mermaid comes in early nineties. Lion, Lion King. King there, yeah. was, there was then there was kind of a bit of a pause, and I think they took advantage of doing this whole straight to. DVD kind of thing. So you had all these sequels. You had a Lion King two, a Mulan two. I mm. think you had uh, Aladdin two and three. You had like Cinderella two I, and three. Yeah, so you have, know, you're
1: right. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, so yeah. I, I think they
0: they like churned these out, so to speak. Not that the people I think making them I don't think cared, but it didn't have the same feel, or it was it was a different style of animation. I think it was when the computer animation kind of took over more so than the traditional art of animation. So You kind of noticed that effect and they very much lacked the story, the songs and the kind of magic that made the original so, um, epic to watch and memorable.
1: Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. They, they're thinking back to it. There was a, a big churn of, um, these kind of directed DVD releases of, of all the popular, uh, you know Disney films in the in in the nineties. You know it's funny that you mentioned the Aladdin two and three because you know the, again those are ones that I've kind of forgotten. But I remember number two was bad, but number three was all right. <laughs> so you know th- th- this is and uh, yeah, like I remember there was even like a you know with Lion King that there was a Timon and Pumbaa spinoff. That one that, Christmas, you know
0: sp- what oh. that Timon and Pumbaa spinoff on the Lion King was actually really good. <laughs> I I've, got to, I've got to put my hand up here because that was <laughs> I absolutely loved it because it was such an ingenious idea. It was I think it was called Lion King One and a Half, and you literally got the story of Timon and Pumbaa when they first like growing up slightly. I think more Timon than Pumbaa when they first met, and then you you got the same story along the same time period as the Lion King but you got it from Timon and Pumbaa's perspective the whole entire time. So you got more of Simba in the, in the jungle and then, yeah, it was just following them the whole entire time as the, the Lion King main story was going on. And to be fair to them, there's some solid stories in there as well. (laughs) Solid uh, solid songs.
1: Yeah, no, no, you know, yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I mean, the reason why I remember it so clearly as well is because one Christmas, that was the only video we had to watch because, my father's side of the family <laughs> they're, they're from Beirut uh, in Lebanon and so we used to go to Beirut for Christmas believe it or not um with power cuts and all and uh for some reason we never used to take video entertainment with us but we used to take games and stuff but one of the videos that we had was the Timon and Pumbaa one and we watched we must have watched that at least 50 times <laughs> in over, over two weeks so we got to know it so well so it, it's an interesting period anyway to, to say the least um for Disney and, and what they were churning out then and yeah, Mulan two certainly falls on the um, the kind of worst side I think of these because it, it did feel it's a it's a shame because they have quite a lot of the same actors as well from the first one. Obviously um, Eddie Eddie Murphy's not the second one, but there's a lot of, you know, kind of returning cast But yeah, mm-hmm. it just wasn't given the same love and treatment and, and the writing is, is not as good or funny. And the animation is definitely like a, a large step down and it just feels like a very subpar version, which is a shame, but you know, it's, it's not, you know, it, it wasn't really released or ever intended to be as big as the first one. So, um, so I don't know. I don't know. Let's not really consider it in the whole Mulan, um, canon, but you know, <laughs> moving on to the, uh, the new one the live yeah. action version i mean what, what I, i've i've railed on about the original one what, what were your first impressions of this one
0: so like the first thing that i'm a uh, i've always been a big fan i used to watch a lot of asian cinema um chinese and japanese films martial arts films samurai films um um when i was younger with my friend chris mr christopher dean who you know as oh, well yeah. um but we always used Hi, to chris. watch them really late at night and uh i was a massive fan of the cinematography the scope the action uh, every you know the whole stylistic way of those films being created and from the beginning of this film and i say throughout this film very much hits those beats The style of it. The cinematography is beautiful in this film. It really is. Mandy Walker, who's the cinematographer um, for Mulan, the live action. It's just beautiful to watch. The scenes, are they really take advantage of what they've got in terms of landscape. And just the aesthetics of the film are really high grade. It's, it's the thing I loved most about this film overall, because it just reminded me of the House of Flying Daggers and mm. um, films like that. And it's just, yeah, it was. I absolutely adore kind of the look of Mulan. It's such a like rich colours and the costumes and the whole kind of every aspect it's all it's all very well thought out and it's very much that you could see they took a lot of time over majority of all the scenes and how they looked from multiple different angles and really kind of immersing trying to immerse you within that culture
1: yep i mean (laughs) yeah completely agree with everything you said there i mean it really it, it I, you know, and I'm wondering whether they shot. I, I think they shot in Chinese as well as well as English. Yes, I, I
0: believe they did.
1: Yeah. because it, I mean, which you know, it, it makes complete sense. Because yeah, you're right. There's so many um, aspects taken from uh, you know Oriental films. Um, which yeah, you know, same as you. I also kind of grew up with you know so many. I mean, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon was you know huge when we were teenagers and. You know, everyone loved that, and I, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Bruce Lee, and and you know, I just having grown up with that sort of cinema, it, it this does feel like very much part of that um, that that canon, that influence, and but with that grandeur of Disney, I think you know, and as you said, like it, it's so beautifully shot. Really, Um again, it's it's one of these films that really you can take any kind of any moment in it and it would make a great poster you know um and you know for everything from the the, uh, the costumes to the, the settings and the scene is just so beautifully laid out and thought out and and that's i think what i like so much about this i mean i was all, um just as a disclaimer i'm also a big fan of this live action um i actually think it's it's probably one of the best live actions You know, kind of remakes that Disney have done um, from their canon, Um, because for various reasons, yeah. As we said, it looks beautiful and it's clearly very well made. And you know, you've got so many huge actors as well in there. You know, Donnie Yen, Jason Scott Lee, Jet Li, as well as the Emperor. I mean, you know, um, yeah, as well as like you know, Ming Na Wen coming in at the end, and uh, you know, and these, I mean. The, the actress who plays Mulan uh, Liu Yifei um, which you know I haven't seen her in much before but you know she plays the role so well and um, it's yeah it, it's, a, it's a huge production and they've clearly carried it off very well Um, and one of the things about it that I love as well is that they you know we they could have very easily done some sort of very awkward remake of the animated version and I you know we all know that that would have been terrible but here they've gone with a different direction and and thank god they did you know i mean the, the the animation was you know very funny and very charming and had a lot of energy to it and you know as well as being quite dark i thought at points you know i mean um you know shang yu the the bad guy there is is you know having given it a rewatch you know on thursday night it was yeah i mean he's a really dark bad guy and you know what i felt with with the kind of live action version is that they've sort of it's it's interesting because they've made almost the conflict element, you know, between this enemy Bori Khan and the emperor almost more real um, in terms of that. He has like a motivation, which is almost justified in some ways that, you know, he, his father was killed, you know, as an invader by the emperor and, and, you know, he wants to get revenge and take over the land. And, you know, it feels Kind of more real in that aspect, but then they've, in, you know, introduced all these supernatural elements to it, um, which we had in the kind of, <laughs> in the animated version. But that was mainly through, you know, Mushu and and the guardians protecting uh, Mulan. But here they've kind of, you know, introduced the element of the witch, and of course, you know, you have the guardian element through the phoenix that follows Mulan around and guides her. Um, but they've kind of mixed it into more of a. Uh, You know, magical element which adds another layer to the story, and you know, we see it when she's um, training. You know that, like, obviously the uh, the chi is a big part of this as well. This this whole chi element, and I mean, (laughs) I have to say, as Donnie Yen was describing it in the training scene, it sounded a bit like a bit like the Force to me. You know, like (laughs) (laughs) it's, uh, I mean. Was uh, clearly, I mean, Disney are you know happy to lend their um their copyrights around you know to their other creations, but you know, I mean, to be honest, I think it works really well in this in this um this setting as well. With with, I mean, with and it it makes more sense, I think, as well. Because I mean, here we have, I mean, Mulan is a girl and she is going to training camp and, and training with guys, and if it was a real thing, you know, she it would probably more obvious that she was kind of found out sooner but because she has this chi element and you know it 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 is her way of being able to not only match up but then surpass everyone else as well um and become the hero that we all want her to be so it's uh yeah it's it's an interesting fancy element to add and and i think they've added it really nicely because they they you know they go into it but they don't uh, they don't dwell on it to the point where it doesn't make sense it's just kind of more of this magical element and i think it it's a good way to to fill out um the kind of elements that we don't that don't get carried across from the original which like the comedy um side of it i mean there are comedy elements in this film but it's much more serious and as i said kind of more real um but then to have these kind of fancy elements it, 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 it's a nice bit of disney imagination i think
0: yeah, very much. So there's a good balance there, isn't there? And I mean, they do in terms of like what you said earlier. They do kind of bring in some of the big guns, don't they? With Donnie Yen and Jet Li, bringing. Yeah. Because when I first saw the Emperor, I was like, "Whoa, he's kicking ass!" This Emperor, <laughs> and uh, it was only I didn't I didn't even realize, and it was only afterwards that I saw it was Jet Li. I was like, "Well, of course he was kicking ass." Yeah, you know, he's one of the one of the martial art legends of cinema, and. um Donnie having Donnie Yen in that role oh. as well was, uh, I think, another brilliant casting point because they're such those two guys are so figureheads in yeah. Chinese cinema and in terms of crossover to Western cinema as well. Both successful in their own right, and I really highly recommend anybody who absolutely love martial arts based films please go and check out Donnie Yen's IP, Hitman. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because that's oh. that's some martial arts sometimes on next level <laughs> absolutely there's yeah. four
1: films but don't don't let that put you off they're, they're all pretty good i mean they're not all as good as the first one but they are all great martial arts films yeah i mean
0: oh. yeah the action never lets you down put it that way so yeah. sometimes in the latter films where the story doesn't keep up to the level of the first the the martial arts and the action really is never is 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 never poor it's always at the highest possible caliber and it's just extremely entertaining to watch but that's the thing with this one as well it i very much enjoyed the whole film like in terms of you were you're right retelling a story where if they kind of did it shot for shot which they to a certain extent that's what they did for the lion king that's what they did for beauty and the Beast. Uh. And very much, I think, and same as well for Cinderella. But Mulan was a bit more, I feel, certain. certain, Yeah, a bit more original in terms of certain elements really lend themselves to animation. Yeah, removing some of those elements really lends it to live action. So, but they, but like they like subtly keep that mystic kind of magic world that runs alongside you know all the myths and um things that run alongside this live action retelling so i think they do that very well in making those decisions on what to include and what not to include without really missing the key elements of the story itself
1: yeah yeah like yeah you're absolutely right and actually that was one of the things that you know, as, as I said, I, I kind of appreciate that they've taken a, a an original um, shot at at doing Mulan with with additional story elements because I remember when I watched Beauty and the Beast um, for the first time, and I, I found it almost too surreal that they had recreated it almost shot for shot um, because this just it just makes it almost hyper real and somewhat pointless you know like i mean i'm not sure why you'd want to i mean i i get why they want to recreate the or recreate the films you know it's kind of fun to do it in live action and stuff but i just don't understand why you'd want to do it exactly the same way it's almost like you know you're not giving this new creation any kind of artistic merit to stand on its own and you're leaning on a very kind of you know like just successful films of the past and um and you know and i found that again you know lion king i wasn't a huge fan of either because um whilst again i appreciate what they were trying to do i felt that the by you know making lions which talk is as, as real as possible unfortunately you know, they, they're talking but they, they don't have any more facial expressions anymore you know to, to kind of act with it you know and that's what was so so good about the original lion king and that you know you have these I mean, you have like tons of characters which are so humanized by you know the things they go through, but also because they have these expressions and that you know they're they're they almost real. You know, it's um so it, you know the the live action of The Lion King, I, I found it was almost it just again it it was a bit awkward.
2: Um well,
0: yeah. it, la- it lacked a bit, and Lion King is one of my favorite animations. Yeah, uh, me of too. all time. But you're right, very much so. One thing that they seem to shy away from almost like you're spending all this money creating these lions that talk, but you're really holding back on the facial expressions Mm. and the facial expressions are what tell the story in, in the, in the original liking and in animation, because it makes that those animated characters have all the facial expressions of a human to a certain extent. That's what mirrors it. So it's more relatable
1: yeah it's but
0: how you connect king.
1: with the characters you know like you, you you empathize with them and you you know you see them being sad and you know and lion king is a very happy than sad than you know kind of a happy film and you have to go along with those emotions and it becomes harder you know to to do that when you can't just connect with with the, the expressions you know
0: <laughs> yeah yeah completely and uh so that's why it's kind of it was a weird stance liking. <laughs> yeah. just, I mean, the, the visual effects and everything, absolutely brilliant. And I'm oh, a, cool. I'm a John Favreau fan, but I think what they did there is they just lacked um, in terms of that, that facial expression that we needed. We needed yeah. that facial, I mean, facial I, expression.
1: I think it's, I, you know, it's interesting because I think Disney are trying to, with these live action films, it's like, they're trying to do it for each one, but it's never a perfect formula. And so, I mean, you, you know, you have to, I mean, I completely understand why they are doing them. And, you know, it, it's kind of nice for a new generation to experience them, but it's just, it's just, as I said, because they're not, each one can follow the same formula of just recreating them. I think what, the, you know, what we see, what they've done with Mulan in terms of adapting it and, and giving it a new sort of, you know, lease of life and, and originality, um, as well as mixing and then you know and because they've given they've allowed themselves to remove them you know remove themselves from the new the, the first one It it's allowed them to experiment more with you know the, the settings and the scenes and and how they shoot it and um and the sequences that are involved you know it, it makes it much more kind of exciting and also you know as a viewer and as i said i'm a big fan of the original one it it makes the the new one kind of more exciting to watch because you don't know what's coming and you don't know you know how things are gonna go down and 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 yeah it just makes it a much more kind of uh, you can appreciate it more i think and and uh, you can appreciate the story more as well and you know and 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 just appreciate the kind of artistry involved in 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 filmmaking and recreating an old you know epic tale like mulan
0: Mm. um
1: so yeah i mean it's it's yeah i felt i felt that mulan was kind of overall um much better done than um a lot of the you know previous disney films and it's um i mean you know it's a film that hasn't come without its its controversy as well i mean um you know when when it was first released you know people were trying to boycott it and um you know for various reasons i think associate being associated with china and it, it was it was interesting it's interesting for me because i wasn't really sure and I think that kind of marred the initial launch of it because I wasn't, you know, people were kind of giving it negative reviews and, you know, calling it bad. And, I, I you know, you're not really sure if it was <laughs> a bad film or because there's this sort of political element to it, you know? Um, yeah. So, and, and, that, and that kind of actually put me off purchasing it, you know, at first, because, you know, I wasn't really sure what, you know, if I was going to be spending 20 quid on, on a film, which actually was, you know, um, you know, a bad retelling of one of my favourite Disney films. So you know, and that you know, made me wait for this film up until now. But you know, it's kind of a shame that I did because actually, you know, it is a very well-made film. And you know, whatever kind of you know political kind of side there is to it, which I'm I don't completely understand. I think you know, some of the actors are maybe you know pro the Chinese government, who are you know quite oppressive and do do some very horrible things. But you know. Putting that aside it's, uh, it's a it's a it's a very well made film and and I think it's kind of you know it's, it has these very authentic elements to it as well in terms of you know all the actors are, are Chinese the fact that they've shot it in chinese and english and I mean it generally is beautiful and as you said the colors and, and and the settings it's just very authentic and real and um and they clearly have you know put so much into it and yeah it's a shame that it was marred by that you know by by these kind of controversies controversies but if you kind of view it in you know in, in that light it's it's also a shame that to be honest that it was released during covid because i mean this is the sort of film that you would really want to see in the cinema i mean yeah it, it's just it, it's it's so made for cinema and you know and i hope you know there's a small part of me that hopes that you know when things are over maybe they would do a sort of limited run or, or something of it because it's it's yeah, it feels like a proper cinema film. Um, I'm kind of glad that my TV broke. You know, during lockdown, I ended up, you know, getting this. We ended up, you know, getting a new kind of four K TV, and and thank God because, like, watching this sort of thing, it's it's uh, and it's it's needed. You know,
0: no, that's very much. It's one of the things that I'm gonna do in my new place. Is I haven't bought a new TV in a very very long time. The TV in my room is, I think, I bought in two thousand and eight and uh the, the tv of my lounge is a hand me down for my parents <laughs> well, um... so it's all, it's all like old school television like it's still like a, i think a 40 inch telly but uh, a samsung but maybe like a 10 year old mm. uh, samsung so i'm going to go for like 4k and sound bar and everything when i uh, get my new place but yeah um so did it cuz i couldn't find this out did the, did they shoot it both then did they shoot it in english and they shot it also in mandarin
1: i'm not entirely sure to be honest i mean um because i feel
0: it's very much i mean i hope they did um and forgive me for not knowing i did try and look this up and some did specify that yes they did but it was very hard to and i tried to see if it was possible to change it on disney plus but maybe it's only Disney plus in China that you get a Mandarin version because when I changed the audio here, it was just a dubbed version. Um, but maybe there is a Mandarin version. And I feel, I hope that I really hope they did because I think it's a film that deserves to be um, told in Mandarin as much as it deserves to be told in English for audiences around the world.
1: Yeah, definitely. And actually, you know, it's, um, I'd be interested. I'd be interested to, I'd be interested to uh, see the Mandarin version because there's something to be said. Um, I remember Jackie Chan, you know, had said this before because you know he obviously has done lots of you know American films, and he always said that he was never able, able to like act properly in American films because obviously English isn't his first language, and mm. and uh, you know, I, and in Mulan, I'm sure lots of the actors, you know, are perfectly capable, of, and they they speak English perfectly well, of course, but um i wonder if you know them acting in mandarin um would um change the there's kind of the way they act the lines you know um because you know i always remember that kind of quote from Jackie Chan and you know whenever you see Jackie Chan films you know in in western films he's always portrayed as being more funny and that's because he is more of a physical kind of funny actor and you know very limited with the lines he can say but then you know in his chinese films it, they're much more serious, you know, um, mm. and he's, and you can see that he considers himself much more of a, a serious actor when he is acting in Chinese because he's just able to <laughs> say the lines with more emotion and has more connection to them. So yeah, I wonder if it would be the same case with Mulan, but, um, yeah, I, I, I would, I would be surprised if they, you know, if they hadn't have done it in, in, in Cantonese as well. Um, or Mandarin, I should say, um, because it, it's just, <laughs> it, I mean, it, and I think you know, obviously you know this is part of Disney's like push to grow into china and 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 gain the market there, so it would be very surprising if they hadn't um and also with just the kind of the cast that they have, you know it just they probably wouldn't have been able to you know
0: um yeah very very much so and there's talking about this film as a whole is is very much for me personally, the only negatives I find about this film. Is there's just elements I wanted more of um, oh,
1: yeah I, I thought that you know the first time I watched it yeah
0: the, those so those are the were the key things for me, and i I feel i mean I know this film is best part pushing nearly two hours, but I would very much i still feel that I would have loved to have got more on Mulan herself as her more character depth. I mean, it's it's strange because the film moves so well. It never feels like you're staying somewhere for too long. It never feels like it's two hours whatsoever. Yeah. But then at the end of it, I'm like, oh, I wish we had more time with Mulan like, for more character development for her. And then the other ones are just like me wanting more, uh, more fight scenes, please. Um, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. because I really appreciate um, the choreography of these particular fight scenes are always i think next level to a certain extent and and then the one thing i would once again it's just more of is the end i feel it's just it happens a bit too quickly she she defeats this all powerful enemy and this happens in so many films it's just slightly too quickly for me i think i think it would, would have been kind of a testament to her strength as a character if the fight between them uh the two characters at the end really pushed them both to their limits and then had mulan overcome and uh win overall but that that i just feel that would have been a kind of testament to mulan's strength as a person and as a character as a whole
1: yeah it's interesting you'd say that um about wanting more because I, you know, the first time I watched it again, like I thought it was great. You know, I think it's a great film. It, it They carried it off very well. It's just done, you know, created very beautifully. But yeah, I always kind of the same. I, I felt like there were points where I wanted more of things. Um, I wanted a bit more of, yeah, the the kind of depth of Mulan and and kind of her character and, and, and you know, her general kind of, you know, and I suppose that would give you more of an emotional connection with the character especially when you've got this kind of live action uh, you know telling of it and um also you know as i said you know earlier it's interesting that i felt that um um in the animated version you know uh you know Shang Yu the, the the enemy there I and mean, he's really evil um mm-hmm. like and especially for an animated kids film he's does some very evil things like his whole presence is very menacing he's very strong and commanding again when he's on screen, you know, kind of David proust like, you know, character um, and and this is the thing is that with the new Mulan, like I have to say, like, Borican and Jason Scott I think he's a, he's a bloody great actor, I mean he he's in one of my favourite sort of um, I don't know if you'd call it like a kind of kung fu film, but well, I, mean, I suppose it is, but he was uh, in Dragon, uh, the Bruce Lee story, where he, he plays Bruce Lee. Um, yeah. And it's kind of based on Bruce Lee's wife's memoirs. And, you know, Jason Scott Lee in that film is so, so good in portraying Bruce Lee. And I, I grew up loving that film and, you know, watching it over and over again. And so whenever I see Jason Scott Lee in, in anything, I always have, you know, kind of great association with him. Um, and I think he is great in this film. But I felt that with his character, they almost made him... Um, not even enough in some ways because, you know, we, we see him as this sort of, you know, master kind of warrior and he has this witch and, um, but we don't really see too much about like, you know, his kind of, his forces and the way he governs and, you know, you see some discussion he has with other, you know, tribal leaders and things like that and you get some impression, but, and this is the thing, I, you know, I'm not sure if they're trying to make him kind of more human and the conflict more real, but, you know, for someone who has like a witch and, you know, is seemingly doing kind of evil things. He he, he just, it doesn't feel as evil as he could have been. And, and again, and, you know, it's interesting because it's similar with the emperor. The the emperor is not as good as you think he is, you know, for the kind of being the, you know, the leader of the good side, you know, in, in a way, because again, like, you know, you see it in the original film that the emperor is kind of, you know, he's firm and he's honorable and he, um, but he's also endearing and he he's, you know, kind to Moulin and he smiles and he hugs her and, you know, and he feels like more of a good guy in a way. And, and Shang-Yu is very much a bad guy. And with this, it it feels a bit more blurred in that way. And I, and I feel, you know, that they could have, you know, with someone like Jason Scott Lee as the, as the bad guy, you know, you could have made him even more evil, but you know, clearly this was and you know, a decision that Disney kind of decided to make. And and I think it's the same with the witch character as well. Actually. When I think about it is that, you know, she is this kind of ally of the bad guy and she does evil things and, you know, is able to take over these, you know, garrisons, you know, no problem um, with no problem. And yet she kind of, you know, as soon as she meets Mulan, she sort of, and you, you see that there's some strife between her and, and Bori Khan initially. But the way that she kind of sacrifices herself for Mulan and I, I thought that was nice. But it was almost, yeah, kind of almost too quick, you know. Um, yeah. They met like once or twice, and and you know, and they have this connection, and you almost want a little bit more of that, um, you know, just to kind of grow the connection and and grow the understanding. And and this is the thing with the films, that as you said, it's like it's two hours long, which is you know pretty long for you know films these days. And I mean, you know, it, it's it's a good length film, um, and and it's so beautiful in the way it's shot and there's like kind of these lingering shots you know throughout it and sometimes you feel almost like it could have been a bit uh snappier in points just so that they, they can yeah grow these kind of connections and these relationships and and these characters uh just a little bit more but you know as i said it, it doesn't it doesn't take away from the film the film is still very entertaining but yeah i, I agree with you that you almost want more and and i'm wondering whether you know I mean, I hope it's successful enough for them to justify some sort of sequel, because I think, you know, it would be great to have, you know, a sequel with these characters and developing Mulan further and going on more adventures in in a beautiful China and taking on more, you know, adversaries. You know, I think it could really work for sequels um, in comparison with, you know, a lot of the other remakes. So, you know, um, we shall see, really, with that, I suppose. But... um,
0: yeah, fingers crossed. I mean, it's exactly the same. It's uh, my exactly the same feelings. There are, I mean, once again, there are a lot of shots which are taking in the scene, the scenic element of it. And uh, I'm just watching a shot right now and there was literally three shots of different scenic scapes done in about 20, 30 seconds of film. Cool. <laughs> and it's just like, it's all, um, it's great. And there's so many obviously amazing pieces to capture but you very much could use that for yeah because it is those three key characters if we just had and once again the film is extremely enjoyable from start to end but if we just had more on those relationships Mm. uh, those relationships uh, between himself and the witch uh, well she doesn't call herself a witch obviously a warrior and then between Mulan's character and her and even Milan's character and him if we just had a bit more depth then it would kind of and then a bit more of that fight at the end yeah just it would feel more rounded wouldn't it you would feel kind of more accepting of everything that happens then in the last quarter of the film
1: yeah yeah I I definitely agree with you and I mean for example you know it makes me think of like for example in the in the large battle which is the main battle and the only real big battle in the film um both in in this one and the original one of course um and you know at the beginning it it's pretty epic and it you know builds to be epic and you know one of the things which kind of like annoyed me was but also you know you can understand why they did it again you know but it's kind of annoying at the time in that you know as a, as the fight is starting, you know, you see Bori Khan kind of ride off with his, you know, with his kind of troops, and then Mulan, with her kind of special horse brigade, you know, follow him, and because they follow him, and she ends up, you know, like attacking him, and you have that great sequence where they're on horseback and firing arrows at each other, and you know, it's really cool, and Bori Khan's men are, you know, doing those flips, and turning back around onto the horse, and yeah, you know, I mean, one of those things that, you know, when I was a kid, I wish I could have done, you know, (laughs) um,
0: I wish I could do it now.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I did too, but I do know that I'd probably break my break my ankles <laughs> while doing it. Um, but it's a sh- you know that scene is very epic, you know. But because of that, you miss the beginning of this huge battle, you know that they don't include into it, which I thought it was a shame because you have all these horsemen riding towards these kind of legions of, of Chinese troops, and you know you want to see the engagement and. And a good old battle scene, and but then you know you you get Moon and kind of rejoining them afterwards, and then you know like in the midst of the battle, and yeah, so it just felt that it was building up to this really epic scene, and then you kind of didn't get it, you know, the, the payoff as sort of as as it, it wasn't as big as it could have been uh, in terms of you know how because how the the battle ends is you know I mean they get <laughs> taken out by an avalanche, I mean that's huge, but it just felt that at the beginning, they didn't do it enough justice, really, especially with the kind of grandeur of the film and how epic everything is. I I thought that they could have gone more with the battle. And, and, you know, that kind of carries through to the end with, um, you know, the fight between Mulan and Bori and in that, like, you have this fight, which is good, but it's not as sort of wow as as it could have been in some ways. It's very entertaining and very and you know beautifully shot and and well done but it just yeah it just kind of misses like a certain overall wow factor i think which you know i mean that's just kind of what you know a couple of guys opinions you know like i'm sure other people you know found it exhilarating i'm sure kids probably you know loved it as well and and yeah. that's the thing you know re-watching it now um it is a very well-put-together film. I mean, it, it's very well-rounded. It's well-adapted. It, it, you know, they've introduced these new elements. And, yeah, there's just a couple of things where it's just – they could have really, like, made it pop in a way, you know, for lack of a better phrase, you know. Um, and it's interesting that you picked up on that as well, you know, that y- you almost wanted more, you know. and Because I was talking to our mutual friend, Ed, the other, you know, the other day after – because he had never – so our friend Ed, he had never seen the original Mulan before, even though he's a massive fan of Eddie Murphy. And I've always, you know, kind of, you know, I mean, I mean he lives in Florida now. I live in London. So like, you know, if he was here, I would have, you know, kind of clockwork him to the chair and just made him watch Mulan. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I've been trying to get him to watch Mulan, but he watched the live action kind of first before watching the original one. And he loved the live action. He thought it was beautiful and just, by the end of it, he had tears in his eyes, and you know. And by the end, I have some tears in my eyes because it is kind of a, you know a beautiful film of you know, and just generally the story of family and honor and tradition, and and you know. But then also going beyond that and and breaking those you know those glass you know ridiculous glass ceilings that are put on you know people as capable as as Mulan. So it's um, yeah, it, it's it's a it's a great film, and it still is a great film. And yeah, it just it it just could have been some some real things to knock out of the park, but, um, you know, it makes me think, you know, I suppose, you know, but, you know, <laughs> ultimately it is a kid's film. I mean, I'm talking about this, you know, as, as an adult, um, <laughs> you know, I, wanting more battle scenes and more kind of, you know, <laughs> gratuitous, uh, fight scenes and stuff. It would have, uh, yeah, perhaps not been as, PG as, as Disney would have wanted so
0: you don't get a 10 year old walking out of the cinema going I just wish we had a bit more character development on that villain
1: yeah. <laughs> I suppose we'll have to wait You know, maybe if the sequel is done by Quentin Tarantino or something then <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'd get the blood we need and deserve you know
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean I really do like you said I really hope there is a sequel because it's just a brilliant place to shoot a film and it's just beautiful and everything about it is beautiful to look at and to watch and I very much feel the character of Mulan deserves more than one film really so I think you know if I'm in charge of Disney which I'm not clearly (laughs) but if if I was I'd be (laughs) yeah (laughs) just give me time guys um um, but if I was I would definitely be ordering a Mulan 2 and 3 yeah
1: yeah and and yeah, they've not only introduced great characters, but these other additional elements of the chi and, and the kind of, the way that she controls it in, you know, not like a Jedi. Um But, you know, I want to see more of that. I I, I want to see kind of more of that in in the setting and, and, and see more of her character development and, and where she goes and what they do with it. Because clearly they've put a lot of time and effort and, and care into this film. And, you know, they've pulled it off very well and it's different from the original but still also actually one thing which i did love actually is obviously you know how the original films the songs are so iconic and you know obviously this is not a musical at all but there's sort i love how they take lines from the songs and then include them into the film Mm. like there's you know um like you know the song i was singing earlier like you know a a girl worth fighting for and there's just like these little lines like um you know, what she cooks like and, <laughs> and things like that. And I just love how they kind of inserted those little things in there. It's like, oh, we can going have the songs, but we can take the meaning and, and put that in anyway. You know, all the good stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'd, I'd love to see them do, you know, a, a next you know film with it and and just, yeah, make it kind of more, really. Or maybe some sort of spin-off sequel, uh, series or something like that, you know? I mean, the, the Adventures of Mulan and, you know, maybe she goes around trying to Fights, Pete. You know, I don't know. It could be some sort of, but well, yeah, like another based on another well, on, a, on a different well, on a Bruce Lee idea of a, of a Chinese Western like kung fu, and maybe she goes around China and you know, <laughs> rights the wrongs and and you know, uh, all, all I'm magic. Say is
0: you Just need to perfect your pitch, and then maybe you'll be able to convince them.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm just kind of rolling with it right now. It's just kind of coming to my <laughs> coming to my head now and more I think about it the more it's, it's a pretty cool idea so
0: yeah well, I mean what we kind of take away from this um, guys is we very much enjoyed it we very much feel it's a film that people should watch because it's just beautiful to look at um, and we just want more so that's our reviews we just want more Mulan Mulan <laughs> and, uh, and uh, he's coined it here as well he's coined it <laughs> sorry
1: <laughs> sorry everyone
0: hi guys thanks for listening to another episode of Jedi Order podcast don't forget to like comment and subscribe and may the force be with you